Thank you for listening to Yes Another Podcast on the Real Fun DC app. Of course, you can email us at yesanotherpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on our various social media platforms. We're on Twitter at yesanotherpod, and we're also on Instagram where you can catch video clips, or excuse me, audio clips from our show <laughs> at yesanotherpodcast on Instagram. Again, it's another one of those special episodes where it's the Darrison Breaker Show. we carlos free baby (laughs) (laughs) no uh carlos got the night off so you got a yes another podcast episode featuring your boys carl uh darison breaker what's up breaker how you doing tonight man i'm good man how are you hey i i i I could complain i'm not going to because uh work is going well for me but i worked i worked uh double today off of not a lot of sleep because I found out about it kind of late last night. Right. I, I, whenever, tell me if you have this problem. So sometimes you know how you are scheduled to work a shift and you, you know, you have that mindset, that expectation of, okay, I'm working said shift. And then you find out at, you know, let's say the the late the night before, oh, hey, somebody else called out. We need you to come in and work their shift on top of working the shift that you already want to work. Yeah. I I don't know how to prepare for that sleep-wise. I, I, I feel like I'm always – or, or it, and it doesn't even have to be the night before. I could find this out two days before. And I always feel like the anxiousness gets to me where I can't get the proper sleep going into that shift is that is that just me or do you kind of understand it i think it's even like even bigger than sleep more so than it is just like mental preparation for what it is that you're about to do i mean you're you're talking a double so you know where it is that you go and work a regular shift and after that shift it's like okay i'm going home and i'm going to sleep but now you have to like shift gears to say i just finished one shift now i got another shift to do yeah you know so i it's definitely a mental thing you know now it would suck if it was like you did that last night now you're doing it again tonight (laughs) (laughs) well luckily that is not the case i uh i'll just be back on my regularly scheduled shift tomorrow thankfully so i'm a little uh i'm a little bit running on fumes here but it's okay we're gonna power through we're gonna power through tonight where can they follow you at on social media breaker uh, oh, I, man, I, I, wait is... do, do do we have twitter breaker yeah is it... twitter man. uh so it's, it's twitter but it's not like you know i haven't been <laughs> I, but i'm not really like active with anything but so, okay okay but, twitter but, stalker yeah. breaker got it <laughs> yeah uh so i so it's uh breaker breaker one nine that's uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. All right. You know? There we go. Keeping it consistent. Uh, I like it. Yeah. It motivate me. You know what I mean? Cause some, get, uh, give me some, some follows. Get, get me involved, man. You know? All right. We'll get there. We'll get there for everybody. And I can be followed at the underscore game 836 uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can also follow me streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Actually, on Twitch, I just, I'm close to reaching a milestone on Twitch. I, I just got over the 50 followers mark uh, about a week or two ago, maybe yeah, about two weeks ago. I reached over the 50, um, 50 followers mark 
and I'm one milestone away from reaching affiliate on Twitch. And what that means is that I am going to start making money from Twitch if I reach affiliate. So uh, wow. that's going to be, yeah, yeah that's going to be exciting. Uh, hoping that I can delve into that adventure of um, becoming a affiliate with Twitch so I can start making money uh, doing what I love, which is playing video games on stream and having people watch me play and interacting with people in the the stream chat so that'd be really cool uh definitely appreciate anybody who has followed me to this point and uh welcome those of you who have not followed me yet to come join me should be fun yeah. um so we are a couple days out from the end of the nfl football season and you know if it's a breaker and dare show we're gonna talk sports <laughs> so uh, a couple days out from the conclusion of the NFL season, of course, the conclusion of the NFL season is Super Bowl. the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl 55, took place in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the two teams that went at it head-to-head were the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lots of star power in this game. Tom Brady is on the Bucs, of course, coming with coming in with six rings on on his fingers. Patrick Mahomes coming in from on the other side who just won a ring. He's looking to go back-to-back with his boys behind him. Everybody was hyped up. We thought this was the best possible outcome of a game. We thought it couldn't get any better than this. Tom Brady, the GOAT, versus Patrick Mahomes, the young GOAT. What could be better? Well, apparently there could have been a lot better because we got a 31-9 to <laughs> shellacking. Yes. <laughs> A lot of people got their feelings hurt. Uh, I just feel like a lot of air was just like let out the atmosphere because everyone had their money on Kansas City. You know, so uh, like like you just said, uh, hats off to the GOAT. (laughs) It's funny. I tweeted – I saw everybody posting their predictions within the like – two hours leading up to the game you know people mm-hmm. will post up their scores so they can they can look like a genius if they're right once the game is over and i said you know what let me go ahead and put it let me put in my prediction and i and i put it i put in my prediction with a caveat i said i hate to go i hate to bet against tom brady and i might look foolish for betting against tom brady but i was picking the chiefs i believe i set a score of like 38 to 27 or something of that sort. Uh, it, it was definitely a like a double-digit deficit uh, that, or excuse me, a double-digit win that I had for the Chiefs. And, I mean, the Chiefs didn't even get anywhere near 30 points. They didn't get an end zone. They didn't get a touchdown. And, and, and I think what was undervalued throughout the week, you know, if you listen to sports radio and – you listen to podcasts and watch on ESPN and other sports networks. Not a lot of people were talking about the fact that the chiefs came in with a offensive line that was beat up. They just lost their left tackle in the AFC championship two weeks before he got hurt. I believe in the third quarter of that game. And that was a, a season ending injury. They already were down a couple other major starters over the course of the year due to COVID and uh, opting out and things of that sort, they they were a depleted offensive line and it was definitely not put out there as much as it should have been that 
the Bucks' defensive line and their their defensive front had a chance to dominate that line, and boy, did they! They dominated for sure. Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes. Anybody that watches Chiefs games, which I don't know how you don't, because they're always on TV. Everybody, uh, every network wants Patrick Mahomes on their their nighttime headline, their primetime showdown. He he drops back pretty far. Anytime you watch him, anytime you watch him, he he's dropping back more than the average quarterback does. And that's just how he is because he likes to extend the play to, to allow him to get the ball downfield. He likes to give himself enough time to show off that he has one of the strongest arms in the league and throw that ball on a rope 50, 60, 70 yards sometimes to, to the, some of the fastest receivers in the league, which he happens to have two or three of them on his team. The Bucks weren't having it. They weren't having it. They they wanted him. They they dared him to drop back that far because they beat their their offensive line to a drum, and they beat up and battered Patrick Mahomes into the ground multiple times. And it was it was rough to watch because you just we're just not used to seeing the Chiefs look like that. I mean, well, as 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 bad as it was, I was still surprised at how he was able to place the ball oh yeah those receivers and, and uh, although they were dropped mm-hmm. but i was still just just like shocked and amazed like like how the hell <laughs> this guy just like just spinning and then throws the ball up there and it hits these guys in the face mask in their hands and i mean they said they're, they're dropping it but if they were to catch it we might have had something going but uh, but but you're not going to win a game plan, you know, just throwing up luck, <laughs> you know. For sure, uh, he he's. I mean, regardless of the how he was getting beat up and having to run away from everything, he was definitely yeah. making some pretty spectacular throws, which he's done all of his career. But he's had to do yeah. he, in that game. He had to do even more spectacular throws probably than he ever had in his career. Just considering the arm angles he had to throw from from all the pressure he was running away from. Yeah. It was crazy. And, I mean, and, I, and the hits he was taking. Mm-hmm. He was taking a lot of big hits, man. He was getting beat up. And he came into the game injured. He he got injured uh, early in the playoffs. Well, I believe the, the second round of the playoffs, he got injured, uh, actually went out of that game, and yeah. his backup had to come in and finish that game. But, they, you know, they kind of downplayed it and – made it seem like he was okay and he went out and won the AFC championship game without having to leave the game. Right. But when it comes to foot injuries, those things linger, man. Foot injuries are not something to play around with. I actually think, I think today he announced that he got foot surgery to repair the injury that he had. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a shame, but then you have to look on the other side. And credit the Bucks. The Bucks, like 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 we said, defensively they were they were locked in. They weren't letting their receivers get over top. Um, they offensively were 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 balanced. It's not like Tom Brady went out there and threw for three or four hundred yards like we've seen him do from time to time in some of these bowls and mm-hmm. some of these other playoff games. He they were running the ball. 
they had uh, a great balanced running game with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and he was hitting. You know, he was hitting his tight ends. He wasn't just hitting those spectacular receivers that he has. He was hitting his tight ends. He was hitting his running backs out of the backfield. Uh, Antonio Brown caught a touchdown, which is a crazy, remarkable comeback story for him, too. Uh, Gronkowski caught two touchdowns, which is a remarkable comeback story for him. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, uh, so I've seen a lot of people, like, you know, uh, felt like the referee, refereeing of the game was uh, a little one-sided. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Officiating is always going to be one of those things that's easy to 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 knickknack on, especially whether you're a fan of the team that it happens to go against, or whether you're one of the outsiders of, of both teams, like we are. You know, we don't care about either of these two teams. We're Washington football team fans, so we don't really have a a, a dog in the race. But looking from the outside looking in, you see the the penalty discrepancy where the Bucks had no ba- basically no penalties and the Chiefs had all these penalties. It it looked it looked bad. It did. It looked yeah. bad. It looked ugly. And I think I've heard some interviews since then from like uh you know big time officials and, and and you know retired referees who have said that some of those calls were ticky tacky. And some of those t- calls should have been, could have been let go, maybe should have been let go, but they weren't. The refs, the refs made their calls, and the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot time and time and time out. Yeah. You know, uh, an offsides call that's not the fault of the ref. <laughs> if you, if if a defensive player goes offsides, what the ref has to call it. It's not their fault. Pass interference when you're blatantly tripping somebody, whether the ball is uncatchable or not, it's pass interference. You know, <laughs> it, 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 you can't, you just can't put yourself in a position where you give the referee an opportunity to even make some of these calls. And the Chiefs did a lot of that, unfortunately. Well, needless to say, did you lose any money on the game? I didn't. I look, I'm, I'm not a better man. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I've always been scared of. <laughs> of losing money from bets. I feel like I don't have the luck when it comes to betting. How about you? Nah, same here. Same. That's my philosophy. I worked too hard for money to be given away, bro. Yeah, man. It's just, it's, oh, man. If, I mean, if somebody wants to give me free money, then sure, I'll go bet. I'll go bet some free money. But I, I can't, I can't bet my hard earned money, man. Not, I, I can't watch it go down the drain off of some fluky stuff happening. But I, it, it's, it's funny. You, you, so do you remember that moment? In the Super Bowl, where they uh, there was a streaker on the field. Yeah, you know. Uh, so when did that happen? Because I, uh, so all right. So I mean, uh, even within that whole point or whatever. So the the last show, uh, uh, I, I said I was going over to my family's house, uh, my, my aunt's house to watch the game. And everybody got all up in arms because he's like, well, you going to bring anything? I said, I'm not bringing nothing. And uh, <laughs> I, I stayed true to my word. I didn't bring anything. So did that happen during halftime? Because I left. You know, I uh, rolled over. I, I went there and I ate. I watched the first half, laughed, and I rolled out. Yeah, right, right. It, was a, it wasn't a great game, so I totally understand. It, it was in the fourth quarter where it happened. Uh, a guy – leaped out of the stands he had on like a a bra and leotard under his shorts 
and oh, yeah, wow. he ran, yeah, yeah, he ran out onto the field. Now on TV, they don't they don't really show it on TV too much. The uh-huh. the the commentators will talk about it, but the the broadcast companies don't want to give streakers attention. They don't want to give them attention on TV, so they don't show them usually on TV. But uh, the the radio call from it, I'll definitely point you to go listen to that. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, it's done by Kevin Harlan. Uh, go go listen to that when you get a chance. It's probably on YouTube or Twitter somewhere. Sure. But sure. Uh, just going back to bets, apparently there was a a prop bet where if there was there was a bet where you could make money if there was a streaker on the field. <laughs> get out of here! Yeah, that was one of the prop bets. Prop bets are hilarious because there's like prop bets like will will the national anthem go over two minutes and ten seconds? And I believe it did. I think Jasmine Sullivan saying every word, uh, stretch out every word over the course of like four minutes. <laughs> it felt like she sang on forever. But but you made you you made money if the Super Bowl if the excuse me if the national anthem went over two minutes and ten seconds or if the opening coin toss was landed on tails, you win more money than if it landed on heads. Crazy things like that. Like that's, it that's interests me. Right, right. It just it interests me, but it's just such like random luck. Yeah, you know, especially a fifty-fifty chance like that of whether the coin flip lands on tails or heads. It's just too much chance and too much random luck for me. That's why I can't get into betting like that. Yeah, I can't. You, you gotta be a sick-minded individual to get down with something like that. <laughs> so of course we have to now talk. Uh, turn our attention to the halftime show. Which was performed by The Weeknd, which I'm a fan of The Weeknd. I don't know about you. Are you a fan of The Weeknd? The Weeknd got some bangers out. Yeah, he's 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 got some good songs. He definitely used to be like a hardcore uh, R&B artist, and then he's kind of in his last couple albums have wavered into the pop game, the uh, like R&B pop game, which has mm-hmm. broken him out to be. You know, I guess you can argue argue somewhere between star and superstar in the in the music game he's i'm sure he's made a lot of money he's got a tour coming up in 2022 uh god bless hopefully he can actually do that tour (laughs) uh but uh, yeah he performed and i don't know it seemed like there was mixed reviews all throughout social media I, i me personally i i enjoyed the performance it wasn't i don't know it wasn't him himself he didn't really do anything you know he just kind of just kind of stood around and just saying and you know he walked around from one side of the stage and the set to the other side of the set he didn't do much he's not much of a dancer he's not much of a entertainer he's he's mostly purely a singer and i don't have a problem with that that's why i wasn't one of the people that was on Twitter saying, oh, this is boring. Oh, this is dumb. Just bring back Bruno Mars. People on Twitter are so freaking <laughs> rash. It just makes no sense. You, nobody's ever going to be happy on Twitter. Twitter is such a miserable place. Why'd you even join Twitter? We should have never convinced you to join it. <laughs> it's a miserable place. <laughs> place to go be miserable at. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, I, I thought the performance was fine. I, I think he played pretty much all the right songs. He played some recent hits. He played a couple old hits. And that's how you do it. That's how you do it when you get yeah, that set time frame on one of those big stages and one of those big shows. I thought he did a pretty good job. I know you didn't get much of a chance to see it, right? 
So let me introduce myself again. I'm Brandon, <laughs> and I don't really like get into like <laughs> Super Bowl stuff, uh, halftime shows and stuff. No, that that was the perfect time for me to get on the road to try to get home <laughs> to catch the rest of the game. So, uh, but I did, you know, get on social media the next day, and I was trying to figure out like why are people like doing all these comparisons or be like, oh wow, I miss. You know, like I seen somebody uh, bring up like the best one was Prince Super Bowl or something or like, you know, and I'm thinking to myself like, man, that he must have did something that just really like just like blow everybody to everybody's just like, nah, this this guy ain't it. Uh, but I mean, but you just summed it up for me. Like you said, he's not a performer. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's not. He's He's a singer. He's not a. He's not an entertainer. He's not a performer in the, in that way. Yeah, you know, Bruno Mars. Uh, a uh, last year was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Uh, you know, uh, years before that was uh, Beyonce, and I know in previous years we've had, uh, you know, various other actual entertainers. If you just brought a Prince and Michael Jackson and those those old old school Super Bowl performances, those are entertainers. Those are people that are coming up on stage and dancing uh, and and have amazing choreography from, from the left side of the stage to the right side of the stage, from the front to the back of the stage. It, that wasn't the weekend. Now, there was some great choreography involved uh, that included some of his backup you know, backup entourage and dancers and things of that sort but just it's just you people have got to stop having these expectations uh from one year to another it, it you got when the when it was announced that it was the weekend performing you got to come into it knowing you're just here to appreciate his songs and not his entertainment value on stage you, you just got to have that expectation and i don't but think don't people come in with that like so he didn't like have anybody, you know, like, you know, to like bring out with him. No, it was it was all him. It was it was him and various background dancers and stuff like that. They they yeah, like they I had like, like a like the maze that he like walked through a maze to get in there. It was that was that was like a house of mirrors or some shit. Yeah, that was the most active part of his performance. I think that was it was either the second or the third song he okay. went under the stage. And there was this, yeah, fun house of mirrors, kind of like uh, if you ever go to Ocean City and there's a fun house of mirrors there at Ocean City on the boardwalk. It, it looked like that. And he, yeah, it made a lot of, it made for a lot of funny memes and funny internet videos, which is uh, hilarious because the internet works that way. But yeah, <laughs> yeah he, uh, that was the, that was the only active part of the performance for him was him running through there. And then there was all the like mimics of him that were wearing masks and he was kind of hiding in between them while they were dancing. And then he would pop out and, and break out back into the song. So that was probably the most entertaining part aside from the finale where him and all of his, again, his clones and mimics were on the field and they were all doing the flashing lights for uh I believe the last song he played was blinding lights so hmm. people's just people's expectations just gotta gotta be more realistic <laughs> what's the weekend so <laughs> yeah so i don't know I, but, I just don't i just don't see how you can compare him to bruno mars it's just it's those they're two completely different artists when it comes to entertainment value yeah, I mean, 
as an as an artist. But you know, Bruno Mars, because Bruno Mars, that's when uh then he has like Beyonce. Was it Beyonce? Uh, fact check it, but I, I think I think so. I think that might have been the same year. Yeah, I believe so. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe if he would have had was yeah, it was Beyonce. So if he would have if he would have had somebody that he could have brought out. You know, then I I think that it would have that he would have gotten better reviews. I mean, yeah, I don't know. How, does does the weekend have many collabs? I know he had his few songs that he did with Daft Punk, but aside from that, I mean, how many collabs does Weekend do? That's true. He doesn't really do many. He he had the he was on the Kendrick Lamar song with with uh, SZA, right? I believe. But yeah, yeah. Guess, so yeah, it was like I mean I don't know how if it would have done him any good though. But then he has like a couple with like Whisk Leaf. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know though. I see. I think what we all have to remember though is, <laughs> unfortunately, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake ruined Super Bowl performances for good. It's just never going to go back to what it was like before that. The NFL is always going to go safe, so it's going to be so it's going to be so tough to get that kind of. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be tough to get like risky performances or risky artists on these shows. The closest we got to it might have been the Atlanta Super Bowl a few years ago, uh, where they brought in who who did they have in that. Am I thinking of the right thing? Maybe that wasn't the Super Bowl. That might have been, that might have been like a, a college football championship game. I'd say, yeah, you asked the wrong guy. You know, I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, food on my plate <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I just think I just don't think that Super Bowl halftime shows are ever going to get close to being that risky anymore. Well, maybe they and need something like that. Maybe if they would have did something like that. I mean, you, you, I mean, come think about it. Cause we still talk about that infamous moment with Janet Jackson. So, yeah. you know, if that was to happen the other night, look, <laughs> I don't think that this, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that this uh the reviews would be as, as sad as they are. You know, what I mean, uh, performance part, yeah, but you know, I mean, just that, just that one moment where, where you know. <laughs> I just I can't imagine what it would have been like if we had major social media platforms back then like we do now for yeah. something like that. I mean that would have been that would have literally broke the internet if that <laughs> if that kind of performance happened today or if we had this social media access back then when it happened. Oh my goodness, it'd be insane. All, all, all types of uh, memes of uh, titties. I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. Yeah. So, hey, it is what it is. Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake ruined Super Bowl halftime shows forever. But I think people just need to lower their expectations, temper their expectations, and just appreciate the music. That's what matters most at the end of the day. So, of course, it's February, and with that, we are going to do our Black History shout-out of the week. And I figure since, of course, again, it's the Breaker and Dara show this week, 
we'll keep it sports related, of course. <laughs> and uh, to tie into the to tie into the end of the football season and the Super Bowl just passing, we'll make our Black History shout out football related. So uh, this one's actually this one's actually interesting because it's probably underappreciated because this position is underappreciated uh, or often highly ridiculed. But uh, Johnny Greer, Johnny Greer is basically considered a pioneer because he was the first African-American referee in NFL history. Now he started, he started uh, officiating in 1981 in the NFL, but he didn't be as a, uh, he was a field judge at the time, Uh, but he became the first actual referee, full-time referee in 1988. Uh, 1988 is actually when I was born. That was a great year. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Johnny, uh, Johnny Greer, I want to give our Black History Month shout out to him. He is, uh, let's see, he's 73 years old today. He actually looks like he played for 23, or excuse me, he officiated for 23 years. He retired in 2004. But he paved the way, obviously, for for a lot more uh, African-American referees being that he was the first. And this year was actually, just to tie it into something recent, this past year, Mm -hmm. Uh, 2020, they actually had the first ever full officiating crew of African-Americans, which was really interesting. I guess, I guess it was a gesture by the NFL considering uh, all the movements that happened over the past summer uh, following the, you know, fortunate murders of Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd. So the NFL has made a lot of gestures and statements throughout the year, uh, throughout their throughout their season, trying to promote diversity and trying to promote Black Lives Matter and ending racism, different things like that. There's been stickers on the helmets. There's been uh, lots of fundraisers and things of that sort. You know, opening night, opening week, they were playing the Black National Anthem at after the National Anthem at every game. I think they played the Black National Anthem at the Super Bowl as well. I think Alicia Keys did it, if I remember correctly. And uh, on, I believe it was November, yeah, November 23rd, they had the first ever all-Black officiating crew featuring seven total uh, officials. And, yeah, they were all Black guys that, that, that worked. It was a Monday night football game. It was between the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh uh, interesting gesture, uh, a good gesture. I mean, it was good to see that that kind of thing play out. Uh, yeah, and, and they made a pretty big deal out of it that entire like two weeks leading up to it. So, uh, I guess that wouldn't be possible without Johnny Greer, which ties into our Black History shout out of the week. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember you yeah, watching that. Game well, yeah, you know the game back in November, uh, and watching it at at the beginning of the day, doing a interview with the guy Jerome uh, Boger. Yes, yes, Jerome Boger. He's Jerome been a head Boger. referee for a while now. Right. So I mean, it was like a, it was definitely a proud moment. You know, funny thing is, it's just it's the fact that, like you said, I mean, it's 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 a it's a valuable part to the game 
but it gets overlooked. <laughs> and yeah, like definitely like this past season has really like put like a microscope on referees, whether it, it, whether we're talking as far as like, you know, uh, what we're talking now with the African-American uh, recognition mm-hmm. or, it, or even with females. Because I think what even the, yeah, these past season, a lot of female referees. Yeah, there's several female, uh, female referees in the league right now. So uh, there's been a lot of attention brought to that in what, again, like we've mentioned, it's, it's kind of a undervalued, over-ridiculed position <laughs> within yeah. the NFL and within the framework of how uh, the NFL plays out and football plays out on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, now that's like something else. Uh, I don't know. That might be like a new thing that people might be like inspiring to actually, you know, uh, pursue, you know, being a referee. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm just used to seeing like older people. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe it might, yeah, maybe the next thing might, you know, the first 20-something-year-old referee, you know. <laughs> That's that funny. That's funny. Yeah. We've been with the coaching staffs. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're getting younger in coaching staffs and everything, too. I, that's funny. I, I kind of do want to take the time and research how old all these uh, seven referees were that were on this all-black officiating crew. Uh, not, not many of them look young. Maybe one of them might be. But uh, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't see too many young referees out there. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's that was definitely a a historic moment that I think we can all say that we'd be proud that we saw, especially later down the road when uh, you know, as we get older and are telling our kids stories. Maybe that's one that we we pass along. I, I witnessed the first ever all black officiating crew in the NFL. Listen, and I'm sure it's true. Probably what I mean. Look at it; it's a win-win. You you could say that you played in an NFL, you know, and you maintain the safest position. <laughs> right? You're not. You're not. I mean, sometimes referees get tripped up into a pile, yeah. but <laughs> for the most part, they don't have to be in the mix. They don't have to be in the pile, but they get to still be involved in the game that they love. Because you definitely got to love the sport if you're if you're going to be a referee of it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So Johnny Greer, uh, first ever African American referee in NFL history in 1988. Here's our Black History shout-out of the week. So, Breger, have you heard of Gorilla Glue Girl? Gorilla Glue Girl. Uh, anybody with the phone, anybody with the media, <laughs> I'm sure, <so> huh? <laughs> oh, boy. I, and I don't... What's your thoughts on it, man? You sound like you got a lot on your mind about this. So... <laughs> Let's. I don't want to completely make light of the situation because, obviously, obviously it's serious as far as her having to go see specialists to get this problem fixed. But for those who aren't familiar with it, we'll explain it, and we may giggle along the way <laughs> as a fair warning. So, uh, Tuska Brown is a young lady that went viral on Instagram after she posted a video about her, I guess, trying to, I guess she was trying to stiffen her hair for some reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't 
I don't have women's hair, so I don't I don't get how the whole thing works. But <laughs> she was trying to stiffen her hair, and instead of using a actual product used for hair, she decided that she would use spray adhesive from Gorilla Glue. Now, you work in you you work in construction and and stuff like that, right? You're familiar. You're familiar with the usage of Gorilla Glue, and and I mean, on our previous job at working in promotions, we used a lot of Gorilla Tape. Yeah, that, that shit is no joke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that is no joke. I, I, I I'm sure that somewhere on there that it probably tells you not to do something like what she just did. Yes, uh, I, you can get that stuff on your fingers, and you'll be barely able to get your fingers apart correct without feeling like you're about to like rip your skin i've I've definitely had gorilla tape on my fingers and felt like i ripped off my fingerprint <laughs> yeah that's how yeah. serious gorilla tape is so i can't even imagine how serious adhesive spray is or uh <laughs> or or the glue itself or your scalp <laughs> uh, so yeah she puts this adhes- this spray adhesive on her scalp and then she proceeds to realize that she fucked up. <laughs> she messed up big time because it it's not going anywhere. It's not coming out of her hair. Her head, her skull, her scalp is basically becoming a rock uh, as what Gorilla Glue would do or Gorilla Spray Adhesive would do. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's since gone viral for for that and she's had to go to I believe she's gone to like several different specialists and hospitals throughout Ohio and and I think she I think they announced today that they were able to make steps forward into the progress of getting it removed from her head but I can't imagine that she's ever going to be the same from this like I think that's it for her hair Uh, right like there's an there's no coming back from this with her hair. Her scalp is going to be done. Well, thank God for wigs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's it, it, no coming back. And to all the youngins out there that you know listening to, yes, another podcast. Don't try everything you see on TV. Oh, uh, but where did she see this? Where Where does she possibly think that this is a good idea? I, I can't process it. It, and, and, and to me, like I said, man, to me, it kind of just segues into the stupidity of uh, our, our young people in society. I know I'm not too sure how old she is, but I, I, I mean, she, she can't be that old because, you know, anybody with, with common sense just wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, I was telling you earlier, like, you know, I seen that at the same time. I'm scrolling down and I see little Uzi Vert gets a $24 million diamond implanted into his forehead. Oh, so God. I'm just thinking to myself, and so, you know, after seeing these two things back to back, I just threw my head up. I said, we're done. We're done. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah. <laughs> the end. This we're, is the end. <laughs> we're like, where do we go wrong? Where did people go wrong to where things like this happen? I don't see where it makes sense. 
It just doesn't make sense. I mean, that 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 gorilla uh, glue stuff, and they advertise it for being strong. Yes, <laughs> like gorilla glue is strong enough to 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 mend metal together. Why? Why would you put it in your head? You think that that when they play their commercials, you think that that big old gorilla is running around in that commercials. You think he's playing around? That stuff is strong. He is strong. Oh man. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I don't get it. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know where does she go from there. I mean, not uh, yeah. only being physically scarred by that, but now she's, like, mentally scarred. Oh, I mean, I mean she's, she's got to be embarrassed, obviously. You know, yeah. The, the attention that she's gotten from social media, I'm sure she never intended for it to be this way, not this kind of attention. No, she was going to do it. I mean, you got to think about it. Her mind at the time, she's going to set like a, a fashion statement, like the show. Oh, you know, uh, along with the lashes, along with the fake nails that look, all you need is some Gorilla Glue and you can, you know, glue yourself a long ponytail on your head or something. She wasn't planning for this thing to go this way, but well, it did. It went this way. Uh, gorilla Glue actually released a statement. Uh, basically, they were just saying that they're aware of the situation. They're sorry to hear about it and that it's unfortunate, um, but that the situation was unique because the product is not intended for use in hair, uh, and, and and they and they state that their warning label says, "Do not swallow, do not get in your eyes, on skin, or on clothing." It's used for craft, home, auto, and office projects, but. A lot of people are speculating whether she has the right to sue because it doesn't say don't put it in your hair on the label. It says don't put it on your skin. It doesn't say don't put it on your hair. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. She's got a long road to recovery from however she's going to get this stuff removed, whatever the doctors are going to do in their miracle ways. But after that, yeah, everybody's going to be looking at her and saying, wow, what is she going to do? Is she going to sue? Is she going to make some money from this? See, this is the reason why they need to open schools back up. (laughs) (laughs) Education, y'all. Education. As for the little Uzi Vert thing, uh, you know, those of you that don't know, he's a somewhat popular emo rapper. uh, In my opinion, I don't know. Other people may consider him something more, but I think he's just a semi-popular emo rapper. (sighs) He... When I saw the photo originally of this diamond in his on his forehead, I didn't think of it as being installed in his forehead like he's vision from the Marvel from the Marvel movies. I thought it was just I thought it was just a decoration, you know what I mean? I thought <laughs> I thought it was just a half diamond that he like bedazzled and put on his head or something <laughs> like like your like your daughter would probably do. Uh, you know, I, 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 when I read deeper into it and saw that it was actually surgically installed in his, in his skull, in his forehead, and now reading that there's risks of his life if he improperly uninstalls it, like, what are we doing here, Breaker? What is happening? I don't know. I don't know. I, who the hell told him that that was going to be a good idea? And I, I, I can't imagine who. I really I'm can't. Sure that he, I'm sure he ran this idea because one of his homies at one point 
You know, and I'm sure and they probably smoking. And, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going to do something. Yeah, everybody already got the face tats. You know, I'm going to put a dime in my head. I mean, get that, me started on face tats. <laughs> at that moment, a true friend sort of like, ah, uh, no, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. My, my thing is, it's like, where you talk about the risk of, like, if he was to get it removed, now what's the risk is him just walking around? I don't know. And maybe he doesn't know who, because, I mean, he didn't even know that this wasn't a bright, bright idea to begin with because he'd went through with it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, have, I have so many questions that I don't know if we'll ever get answered. But seriously, like I said, for, for, for kids that listen to Yes, another podcast between Gorilla Glue Head and Diamond Head, don't, don't. Stop messing with your heads. <laughs> Read books. Uh, <laughs> you know, get that into your head. Throw that into your head. Some of that the book knowledge. Like <laughs> it's just crazy, and and I mean, yeah, these like somebody in his position, unfortunately, could be an influence. You know, and that that's scary. It's it's scary that some kid might see that and think that that looks cool. And yeah. think that that might be a good idea to one day yeah. po- possibly do. That, that 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 is scary to me. That somebody with that kind of limelight can do something right. that stupid. Well, I mean, you like myself probably never thought that. I mean, we we knew of face tattoo. We knew about like the teardrops on your face, you know. But never did I thought that I'd be seeing your average person walking around with face tattoos and with, now that's with, with yeah. full tattoos yeah like like full tattoos like you would see on somebody's arm or on somebody's wrist these right. are tattoos that people are now putting on their face exactly. what are, again i ask what are we doing breaker what are nah, we doing I'm not, I'm not doing it but i'm not doing somebody <laughs> doing it. yeah yeah well i don't know i mean i thought i thought a couple years ago, or maybe it was more than a couple years ago, when people were doing the Tide Pod challenge and eating Tide Pods, and oh, yeah. Tide had to come out and say, "Hey, these are not edible. Stop eating them." <laughs> I, I I thought that that was a low point, and we just got we just found a way to get lower. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. found a way to get lower, thanks to Gorilla Glue Girl and Lil Uzi Vert. Now you got me thinking. All right, now what's next? I don't want to know what's next. <laughs> let's just let's just get past Rona first. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I agree with you. Well, that'll uh, that craziness will bring it into this show. <laughs> well, we should have we should have had that topic in the middle of the show. <laughs> we're in the we're in the note on it. Yeah, we're in the note on the uh, in the show on a low note with that craziness. Yeah. But. I guess, yeah. We'll we'll bring ourselves back up by promoting our social medias. Where can they follow? Where can they follow you at Breaker? You can follow me, Breaker Breaker One Nine, on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I feel so good to say two things. Yeah, yes, yeah, that is that's new to me. I haven't I haven't heard you say this. Yeah, these you two say, things you say like crickets. You say like crickets after I say Instagram. Follow on Instagram and then yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. 
that's it. That's it. Well, you can follow me at the underscore game 836 on Twitter, on Instagram. And of course, again, I you can follow me on YouTube and Twitch, Twitch where I am on the path to become an affiliate. So I appreciate any follows and those who, of you who tune in to my streams. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Yes Another Podcast. Again, we are without Carlos tonight. We definitely hope to have him back next week as he enjoys his night off. Who knows what he's doing? We know how dirty rice can be. Dirty rice. <laughs> dirty, dirty rice be out here. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but of course, if you want to uh, if you want to be a guest on the show or if you have questions or topic suggestions for the show, email us at yesanotherpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at Yes Another Pod. Or you can hit us up on Instagram where we post clips from the show. So that way you can hear some of our funniest moments from the show, as well as see some of our funny memes that we like to post on our story and on our page at Yes Another Podcast on Instagram. For Breaker, I'm Darius. Shout out to Carlos. We'll be back next week. We out, everybody. Be easy. Peace.